welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual, and I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host, Paddy Mann. Morning, Paddy. Good morning. Morning. So in yesterday's episode, we shared why we don't start uh, with reviewing candidates uh, by looking at their CVs. Um, Put simply, CVs are slow to review, they don't give us the information that we need, and CVs don't support a fair comparison of candidates. Fortunately, there's a better alternative. We ask three short questions that allow us to see if a candidate is likely to be a good fit for our organisation. This gives us a much faster and much more effective way to review candidates. And we typically rule out 70 to 80% of applications at this point, reducing the pile in some cases from 1,000, 2,000 down to a a few hundred. So in today's episode, we're going to look at how you can continue to filter down your applicants in a way that minimizes stress uh, and ends up with you hiring an A player for your team. So Paddy, we've got those candidates filtered down based on those three questions. What's the next step that, uh, that, that we take them through? Cool. So uh, as, as you mentioned, when we're doing this for our own company, we may still have 200, 300 candidates coming through at this stage. Um, but the same rules are going to apply even if you're dealing with much, much smaller numbers. What we're looking at is for an effective way to continue filtering down the applicants and assessing them in a fair way. And we want to make great use of everyone's time. We want to provide a great experience to the candidate. Now, when we started uh, the, the, the process... We put our job ad ad and described how to do that a a couple of uh, episodes ago to get a big pile of applicants. We then looked at how to ask three kind of simple questions rather than looking at CVs and why that would work so much more uh, effectively. Now, if you kind of went deep on those questions, go, wait a minute, those questions are great at doing one thing. They're great at seeing if this person is a good fit for our organization. What they don't do is really demonstrate whether someone's got the core skills that we're looking for in this role. So if I'm looking for a software engineer, it hasn't told me whether they can actually do good code. If I'm looking for a salesperson, it hasn't told me if they're great at talking to people in sales meetings. If I'm looking for a marketer or any other area of the business, it hasn't shown the few key skills that I'm looking for. And so the next step is we want to start filtering that down. It's not worth, at this point, continuing to dig into... Uh, whether they are a good fit for our values. We've got a hunch there. If we want to make great use of everyone's time, we we now want to do a sense check and go to the other side and say, okay, what about the skills? Can you demonstrate in some ways that you're you're likely to have the skills that we're looking for um, in in, in this role? And so we're going to be doing another assessment or asking a few more questions. They're going to be simple questions again. To assess skills, it does take a little bit longer and that's one of the main reasons that we would have we we kind of tested the uh, the, the fit with the organisation first because if we're going to lose eighty percent of the people, those questions it's not worth them looking at the the skills. But we're gonna, we're going to look at how how can we ask some more th- simple questions to do that second part of the equation to look at the skills fit. Awesome. And so um, to do that. Uh, there's a, a number of different ways in, in which that's theoretically possible. Let's um, uh, let's look at when you're uh, when you're trying to do that at that stage. Uh, first, uh, first, perhaps, what's the um, some of the common problems that that uh, happen here? Because the the one that comes to mind for me 
is that, as you, as you mentioned, we still don't want it to take too long. You've still got a lot of candidates at this stage. In the previous stage with the three questions, we talked about it typically taking us around 20 seconds to evaluate each candidate. At this stage, we don't want that to suddenly increase to, uh, to 30 minutes or an hour. Indeed, we've um, in the past, I think we initially had an interview at that stage but found that it's you've still got too many candidates there. And, and even though I think we did it as a 10 minute interview, it needs to be reduced. So um, uh, help us uh, see or, or, or demonstrate what's the what are we doing at that stage? And um, we'll perhaps start to dig into where the stress is that, uh, that, that we're kind of overcoming through that. Cool. So you're right. There's a number of ways you can you can do it. And as we go through the rest of the process, they're going to get more and more involved to go deeper and get get down to the few candidates who make it to a job hire. And at this point, we've still got a big pool of candidates, uh, hopefully. Um, but regardless of how big the pool of candidates is, there will be some candidates who just do not have anywhere near the, the level of skills that you're looking for. And I think most people who have done some interviewing have experienced the interviews where you basically, within the first few minutes, you have that moment where you go, yeah, this person isn't going to make it through. And it's really obvious why. And so uh, one of the things that we're, we're, we're doing with the first three questions is looking for what were the red flags that would have told us later that they weren't going to be a good fit. And, and by asking questions that dig into their their alignment with our values, we, we greatly reduce the pool of people who make it through to a time-consuming interview, both for us and them, but are clearly not going to be a good fit. And so we're going to be looking to do the same, but for for skills. And probably best to illustrate it with, a, uh, with an example. Uh, I can take it from the engineering perspective, and it'll be useful to come around and look at the uh, other roles because it's quite different how you would assess uh, afterwards. Perhaps you can throw some in uh, once I've looked at engineering. Yeah, engineering... it's a different set of skills that you're looking for, right? So... Uh, yeah, so for, for for engineering, what's the um, what what are we asking them to do, and what does that mean for us on the team side of being able to assess it? Cool. So we we asked two questions. Um, the first question, we asked them to write a simple piece of code, which does something quite trivial. It's uh, a kind of a function that will. Um, there's a range of functions you can use. I'm trying to think of the exact uh, example that we use, but it, essentially you're, you're asking them to code something which is for a good engineer, trivial, like incredibly trivial. And it would take uh, anyone on your team that you uh, respect uh, a couple of minutes to, to work through and code. It's a simple bit, piece of logic, but you will have a lot of applicants who don't have uh, the experience or the capability. There'll be people for the engineering roles who are learning to code for the first time and, and just aren't familiar with the really basic stuff. And while there may well be a role for them and, and other companies and so on, in our company, when we're hiring engineers at the moment, we've got a very small team and they need to be able to work independently at a high level. And so we're looking with that simple test, we actually remove probably 50% of um, applicants uh, that have made it this far because they can't do it. And it, and it's really, really, to, to anyone who we hire, it's just like, a, wait, people fail at this point? Um, and so it's a, it's a really useful test. And it works brilliantly because for uh, us, it takes seconds to review. For the person doing it, it only takes minutes to write. For some candidates, 
it will take them longer and they will still struggle with it. And that's kind of okay because if we'd done that in an interview, it would have been 10 times more painful to, to watch. It's still an effective way of uh, doing it um doing it on both sides we then follow it up with a, a second question so there's two questions one which is just a kind of a trivial one just a mm, sense yeah. check are we in the right ballpark and then there's a second question I, I believe in the uh in the instructions to the candidate we're saying look if, if you struggle with the first one then it's unlikely you're going to make it through you don't need to go into the second one this is your choice um but the second one is a, a more detailed example we set up with a kind of a real life uh, example of some code they might need to do we say uh, we've got partner organizations all around the world and we want to invite them to <laughs> invite them to a party but we're only going to do the ones that are within a certain distance of our office and so it introduces a few different concepts it, some kind of logical reasoning about the challenge and how they will approach it some thinking about how they would structure the code some thinking about um how to how to deliver that in a, an effective way and they're going to make need to make some decisions about how how far they go and we give them a few pointers but it's the kind of thing that we would expect a good candidate to be able to do within an hour we wouldn't expect anyone to be spending more than a couple of hours and we'll make that clear in the in the instructions um and it demonstrates a number of the core skills that we're looking for and skills that we have when we haven't done the exercise have identified as being blockers to hiring them that we've identified later um, and so in doing that we've got these two questions again really really quick for us to review we're spending uh well because 50 percent of them fell on the first question we're spending less than a minute for most uh, uh over half of the applicants and then for the ones that make it to the second one it can take a few minutes but it's still a really time effective way of reviewing and getting a really in-depth view of their capability in a way you of course you would never get through um through a cv uh, and at the same time for the engineer yes we are asking for some investment in time but we we're still looking at the most cost effective way for their investment to uh only take people who are going to have a chance of making it to this point mm. and then looking at the most effective way to 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 do that and the engineers that go through the process they, they appreciate that they understand why it needed to happen at this point in the process yeah really nice and um uh, as you say for some candidates uh, and submissions, it takes a minute or less to review, sometimes a few minutes. I know that essentially we average two minutes uh, a, uh, a per submission for that particular, uh, what we call the coding screener. And um, yeah, what's what's really powerful, of course, is because the, um, uh, in fact, <laughs> I was going to, um, something changed actually. So there was a time when, uh, we're the only person or the only people that could review those submissions were developers and that one you know one of the important things was that we don't take up a load of development time because it's uh, expensive generally developers are the um, most expensive resource that that we have in the company and so you know you certainly don't want them to be doing half an hour interviews of candidates and and developer te you know coding tests and so on um, so we managed to kind of reduce it to a couple of minutes per submission. However, I think it was maybe a, a couple of years ago, we actually challenged even that and said, can we create a set of rules and particularly create recordings and um, use some examples to be able to co essentially codify like what does a good answer look like? What does a bad answer look like? And so on. 
And so um, uh, I think we we now have uh, a member of our team who isn't uh, who doesn't have a coding background who's able to screen both the coding um, submission and uh, a later stage actually where I think they submit a recording or, or something like that of of them doing some uh, work as well. And so that's another great example of when you're dealing with the large number of candidates, you need to be able to. Uh, process them at scale and and be really efficient, right? Because uh, otherwise, it just completely derails and and slow down slows down the team. Um, yeah, what so are the other like stress? Sorry, go on. I was going to say whatever scale you're doing this at, I'd, I'd mm. emphasize that you know we we talk about it with a big pile of a thousand candidates going in the yeah. top of the funnel, and you're not always going to have that. Sure. However, if, even if you have a few, I'll still go through the same stages because these are two both the the first three questions of organizational value and this assessment for skills are incredibly effective ways of actually testing and seeing if they've got what you need to do your job uh, to do the the job what we're talking about here is that as you scale it up there are ways to become more efficient as a as a team and Mm. uh, first you look you're going to need to you're going to introduce a new process. You're going to essentially get the head of development to be running it and checking that the scoring and the way that it works is effective and is leading to the right people making it through. Once you've worked that out, you can start delegating it into the into the team to other developers who have that capability. And then as we've we found, you can go beyond that. You can actually outsource and teach people who don't have a development background because as you've tested it again and again and again, the rules become so apparent and the the cost saving of, of not um, derailing the engineering team is, uh, is, is so great. Yeah, indeed. No, absolutely. And, and as you say, it applies to uh, other parts of the business too. And it's not just about the saving of the time. As you say, even, even if you didn't have that many candidates, it's still worthwhile taking them through it. Um, and perhaps to illustrate that, if I talk about an example, another area of the business, so for example, in, uh, for sales and customer support roles, um, the equivalent test that we do at that stage in the process would essentially be, um, in fact, we've iterated it a few times, but the current version of it is that we get the person to send, I think it's a one minute video, maybe a two minute video um, where they are um, recording um, their answer to a couple of questions. And uh, particularly those questions relate to, I think um, I know that what we're looking for from these questions is, uh, their passion and enthusiasm we want to see, and their ability to communicate so we want we want to see that come through but also the questions uh, and the area that are in relate to the business and the industry so it's kind of showing that they've got they're able to demonstrate passion for solving that problem so for example for for air manual it would be around you know freeing up time and um, reducing stress in the business and 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 so on. And we want to see that that's something that lights them up and that they can talk passionately about because that's really important. Then when you're on conversations with customers, they you know they, they can feel it if it's not authentic when you're talking about you know solving problems. And so we're looking for people that are passionate about those things and they show it. Um, uh, equally, you know, for SpiderGout, we want people that are really passionate about employee development and, and personal development and those sorts of things. So it's it's specific to the business. And I think with this step, uh, again, it's, you know, it's not about looking for something that's cookie cutter out there. It's about identifying what's an appropriate way of really assessing the skills that we need for this role 
within this company and, 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 and being really specific about that and, and doing so in a way that, that filters. And it's something we've iterated on, right? Like I remember that when it wasn't a two minute video and instead it was a 10 minute conversation with, uh, and we previously used a, a, a virtual assistant to do it. And it was a 10 minute conversation. That was fine. That worked well for us. Um, but then we thought, oh, I wonder whether we can do this as a video and make it even more efficient. Um, and actually it worked, you know, it worked uh, better in many ways. So, um, so it's really, really powerful. And, and, and as, as, as we've talked about, it's not just about the time saving. It's also that stress of when you've got someone, you know, I remember in our early days of the recruitment process, I'd get onto a, um, a, a, an interview later on the process, 30 minute, 45 minute interview. And within five minutes, it's clear that they're not going to be a good fit because they, if they're in the sales role, for example, they just can't communicate effectively enough or they're not enthusiastic enough or, you know, they struggle to answer questions on the fly. And as a result, that's that's going to be a, a bit of a problem in that particular role. You don't want to be finding that out when you're, you know, five minutes into a 40 minute, a 45 minute scheduled interview. Um, and although, you know, we structure the interview in such a way that there are some ways in which we can get out earlier <laughs> so that you can kind of cut the interview short if it's not going to be a good use of time for either of you, um, that, you know, that creates quite a bit of stress for everyone involved, them as well as uh, as the people uh, interviewing and so on. So it's a really powerful um, way to do that. We've we've talked about, you know, the uh, how we're reviewing the, the skills fit before the first interview and um, subsequently, we can kind of cover other stages in the in the process and how we do that. But you know, clearly, what we're talking about here is making sure that uh, that the that you you know you've done a little bit of values fit. You've now got uh, assessing whether or not there are skills fit. But through the rest of the process, we're still going to be looking at that skills fit and values fit. Right? It's an iterative kind of spiral that we go through. Um, so, is there is there anything else that we should that we should cover on that before we kind of uh, wrap up? Uh, on this side because there's so much we're going to but I'm conscious that uh, we can pick that up later no I think that's great if if people are listening to this and they're in other departments they're wanting how they would test it or mm. whether any of the, the ways that we've described are you know how specifically what exact questions we asked or templates or anything else then then do reach out because yeah. these are things we've managed to iterate on and we from experience we can speak as to what worked for us given given our roles and we can share the you know the reasoning that led us in 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 that direction um but i think this this is a fundamental thing that you've shared is yeah we we're looking for two things we're looking for organizational values fit we're looking for skills fit and we're going to basically just iterate on those two and at each stage to try and make great use of everyone's time and be really, really fair. The example you shared where in the first five minutes you realize they're not going to be a good fit. Mm. Yes, it sucks for you. Yes, it sucks for the rest of the team because they now face your wrath of, why on earth did this person make it through? Um, Which is normally a process issue, not a people issue, uh, and one that we've subsequently fixed. But it's the... It sucks for the person who's made it that far. They, they, Mm. They will feel misled that you've taken them through multiple stages at that point and then that they will feel that oh man i completely bombed at this point why did i even invest the time so making these tweaks and bringing all these little bits forward uh which you will you can start off with a a, a good starting point based on what we're suggesting but then iterate on it to to improve it as you go along will make such an impact uh, for your team for the person hiring and and for the people that are applying for roles yeah, I love that. And exactly as you say, you know, pe- uh, people, 
feel free to reach out, you know, uh, uh, add comments to social media, message us directly, uh, email us at support at airmanual.co. We've got loads of examples of this. You know, we've recruited into uh, customer success positions, into finance administrator positions, into sales and uh, developer roles and all sorts of different areas. And we've, you know, iterated to come up with ways in which we test it. And it's it's not about sharing those so that you can just carbon copy those, as we've talked about, they need to be tailored, but we can take you through the logic so that you can see exactly how, like from these are the things that you're trying to assess and therefore this is how we did it and uh, very happily share some tips on um, based on what you're looking to hire. You know, let, let us know what's the role that you're looking to hire, what are the skills that, you, what you, uh, that you're looking to assess for, and what's your current thinking on what you can do and we'll, we'll happily weigh in and give our two cents on, on what you can do. Brilliant, well, uh, we've covered uh, how to get uh, a large number of candidates down uh, to uh, uh, to a few uh, from thousands to hundreds in the previous episode. In this episode, we've shown how we've essentially taken a hundred, couple of hundred uh, candidates. We're able to uh, reduce that pool typically by uh, certainly cutting it in half, but normally um, further, so that we're reducing a hundred to two hundred down to typically around sort of thirty, right? Like. Um, uh, so that we've got a much more manageable number going into rounds of inter interviews with us. We can cover in a separate episode how we do interviews and how we filter uh, further. Um, but you can see, like again, using a small amount of time, we're able to filter on based on what matters most. Fantastic. Well, as regular listeners will know, we also run a weekly webinar on how to free up 15 hours a week and remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth. Uh, it's uh, typically uh, on Wednesdays at 1pm UK time, but you can find out more and register at www.emmanuel.co forward slash webinar. Please do come and join me live. Uh, it, we tend to have quite small groups, so we get to do a lot of Q&A inter interaction and people get a lot of value out of them. A final note for our podcast listeners, as a new podcast, we do need your help. If you found the content today valuable, please just take one minute to leave an honest review. This will help the podcast get more visibility and help more people. Uh, ideally, one or five star, uh, please. <laughs> it makes a big difference. Uh, and um, uh, if you're listening to this on social media, please do repost, like, share. That makes a huge difference to us. And we hugely appreciate every single uh, like and repost and so on that we get. It makes a big difference. Otherwise... Until next time, have fun.